Welcome everybody from all around the world. Welcome to this podcast, Escaping the Entanglements of Our Lives. You got yours, and I've got mine. I'm your host, I'm Dolphus Q. I'm the originator and the creator of this podcast which was inspired by a Toastmasters project. I want to pause and give a warm welcome to any Toastmasters who are listening, and I hope there are some. (laughs) Our lives, yours and mine, are easily entangled with things both real and imaginary. I suggest those entanglements start when we exit the womb. We are born entanglement free. But once we leave the womb, and if our birth isn't breached in some manner, we are born entanglement free. But babies are notoriously curious as they are adorable. And I suggest it is this curiosity that causes us to become successful to all manners of entanglements. And some of these entanglements are with us, or stay with us, our entire life. Of course, not all entanglements are undesirable. Not all entanglements are, quote, bad. I mean, we, we actually need some entanglements. Some entanglements are not good for us. Not good for us at all. But I only speak for myself. Remember, you got yours and I've got mine. People all around the world have stories to tell, to tell of their own entanglements. And how 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 they escaped. Me, I attempted to escape an entanglement by running. I ran. I ran. I thought I was running away from it, but I ran right into it. That's how some entanglements are. You will just run around in a circle. 
Now we've reached uh, episode uh, episode seven, and the saga this continues. Is as I attempt to free myself from one of my entanglements. Yes, the time has come for the reading of the word. Episode 7, chapter 7. September 3rd, underline, dear Tanya, I have some good news. I will start classes at the University of Chicago very soon. It's been months since I wrote you, and since that time I have been through more changes than the American economy. The economy forced a cafeteria where I worked to shut down. Many of the employees were let go, and some were transferred to other YMCAs. I don't know why, but I was retained and transferred to building maintenance. Now I work as a custodian on the graveyard shift. Tanya, I hope my trunks have not become a burden to you. Those trunks contain what I call my valuable papers. Stuff I have written over the years. There is stuff in those trunks I would love to work on someday. I think I wrote to you about a book I was working on. A collection of short stories. Well, I finished it with great joy and high hopes. But now I fear the book is another shattered dream of mine. I foolishly sent the original manuscript to a man who was launching a magazine aimed at people living in the suburbs of Chicago featuring fiction, short stories, sketches, poetry, essays, etc., we talked over the phone. He agreed to publish all of my stories. But I didn't think three of them would make it into the magazine because they were hardcore stories that pulled no punches. Life pulled no punches with me. I have suffered my share of hard punches from nothing but the naked truth. I am certain life has many more punches in store. However, thus far I have never stopped my struggle to rise from the bottom. Even if only to get slapped back down again, each rise strengthens me. That is the theme that pre that premates that premates throughout those three stories. I write about humanity's inner struggle to reconcile the harsh realities of human experience. Yes, animals do prey on other animals, 
but humans are thought to be above the fray. Yet, it, is that really the case? The thing that best is to learn from success as well as failure, repeat successes, never mistakes. I write of the hood rudely snatched from the faces of the hypocrites. I step on toes, I smash lies, I rip out guts. You can understand why I tag those three stories, perhaps not suitable for the suburbs. However, after I sent the manuscript to him, I never heard from him again. He never answered his phone, and when I finally did receive an answer, it was from an operator informing me that the number I was trying to reach was no longer in service. Tanya, presently I'm soliciting funds for school supplies and the little things that pop up like toast when least expected. Please send me any amount if you can. I hope to have a surplus strong enough to allow me to return to Wilberforce and pick up my trunks, perhaps before the end of the trimester. Speaking of Wilberforce, how are things going there? I have not been in touch with the campus, so I have only my memory to draw upon. I can see the fountain between the student union and the towering great halls of learning. Sometimes I miss it, and what I miss most are my early morning jogs past your apartment building across the old one-lane bridge that ran across the railroad tracks and continued to intersect with Highway 35. I always jogged before the sun rose on the horizon. Ah, the splendor of those sunrises. Well, I guess that's all for now. I know you're busy, but please try to squeeze out enough time for a reply. Sincerely, Dolphus, September 29, underline. Today, I took the first step of a thousand-mile journey. I stepped onto the campus of the University of Chicago. I went immediately to the wrong building in search of my first class of the day. The class started at 930 I was lost and the clock was ticking. I searched for C104. The numbers on the closed doors went from 10 to 18. I headed upstairs thinking the lower numbers were up there, but those numbers went from 20 to 29. I hurried back downstairs completely confused. On my way downstairs, I saw a scholarly-looking gentleman. I confronted him. Excuse me, I'm lost. Can you tell me where is room 104? It's a, if it's a classroom, it's upstairs, I think. I looked at the papers I held in my hand. C-104 is upstairs? Oh, no, that's Cobb. Whenever you see a C... 
That's Cobb. That's over there. He pointed. I made it to the classroom on time. October 6th, underline. I am in excellent spirits, although I have less than a dollar in my pocket. What happened over the weekend is the reason why my spirits are fluttering like a flag on a wind-blown day. I spent the weekend with the woman of my dreams, an angel dressed in white. I feel at last I am only a few steps away from the promised land. I am delighted beyond measure, but at the same time a little distraught. My fear of failure holds me in check like castles on a chessboard. God, how do I overcome my internal fears? October 13th, underline. Last night as I prepared to mop the lobby, so Paul stopped me by coming in through the revolving doors. He had a room upstairs. He was dressed in a white shirt and a black tie. He looked excited to see me. He had been the manager of the cafeteria and one of the employees let go. Dolphus, guess what? He said, not giving me time to reply. You're going to work upstairs at the front desk. I was too stunned to speak. My eyes sort of floated in circles and my mouth hung open. He continued, they offered me a job, but I turned it down. I'm a waiter now. I make more money now. I tell them, get the job to Dallas. So Paul pressed the call button for the elevator to go up stairs to his room. Good night, he grinned. You will see, you are going to work at the front desk. As I continued to mop the floors and empty the trash cans, I could not stop thinking about what So Paul had said. Was I really going to work at the front desk? I started as a dishwasher I was transferred to building maintenance as a janitor, and now was I really headed to the front desk? October 15th, underline. I'm back in the classroom. I love it. Things are progressing well. I'm over the looking over the shoulder syndrome. This means I'm thoroughly resigned to accept my good fortune. October 21. Underline. I sat mortified as if I had been struck by a bolt of lightning. I could hardly believe what I was hearing. Wheels, gears, and sprockets rotated rapidly inside my mind. I wanted to reach out and touch him. He had met Pound. He had met Pound in 1962 right after Pound's birthday. He had sat and spoke at length with Pound. He and Pound had shared a cab. I sat mortified. My mind raced back to the book I had recently read, Is There a Pound, The Last Roar? 
I had read the book to gain insights into the poetry that the class had been assigned to read. I had purchased the book after much deliberation in the bookstore. The book was not required reading, and frankly, I could have used the money elsewhere. But at that moment, there in that classroom, I was glad that I had made the the monetary sacrifice. When I finished the book, I felt an unexplained closeness to pound. The thing most touching that my professor related to the class was an incident that I think is a fitting tribute to Ezra Pound. He told the class Pound had called him to his bedside and then pulled him close, their noses nearly touching. Oh, my life! Pound uttered seemingly with all his strength. I have been wrong, 97% wrong. You don't know what it's like to be wrong, to be on the wrong track. Those words echoed my own sentiment. I felt like I was on the wrong track too, that I was walking down a road that led to nowhere. And worst of all, I was trapped on that road. I sat there at last knowing others had trotted the same road, bearing their own burden, and dealt with it accordingly. October 24, underlined. I must study the writings of Edgar Allan Poe. I must read stories from Hawthorne's twice-told tales. I must gather details about both men, their lives, their views, their work habits, and perhaps learn how each became recognized as writers. And thus we come to the end of episode seven. I ask you to join us again next Thursday for Another episode as I continue my epic journey of detangling myself by getting my story out to people all around the world. Now, the time has come to ask you to please subscribe, to please follow this podcast. And if you want to reach out to me, I'm at DolphusQ at Yahoo.com or Gmail. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm getting confused. QDolphus at Gmail.com. <laughs> okay, people all around the world, until we get together next Thursday, this is Dolphus Q saying, have a good day. And a better day tomorrow. Thank you.